Good evening and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States of America, welcome back, welcome back. And to all of our listeners in every other country on the globe, still honored to have you, always honored to have you. And welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. You can also listen in at WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. Now listen, you can listen in at the live stream also at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And as always, if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find my podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. That's right. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. However you find your podcast, just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We really hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair and grow and perfect your marriage and your family relationship. So welcome again. Listen, I'm very honored today. I have a special guest with me. We're going to come to you. I'm still in Okinawa, Japan, and I'm sending this program back to you, but I'm just really thrilled and honored to have a special guest. We're going to talk to you about uh, life as a missionary. We're going to talk to you about education, childhood education, and I think this is going to be thrilling, informative, exciting. I think it's going to challenge you. I think it's going to, for a couple, two or three of you, it may even issue you an ultimatum of one sort or another. But whatever you want to describe it as, I just believe it's going to be good. So I'm joined today by a longtime friend, Bishop James Whitaker. Bishop James Whitaker here on Okinawa, Japan, and I'm going to bring him to you. We're going to get going before I run out of time because I know we're going to have a good time and time's going to be gone before you know it. So Bishop Whitaker, my friend, my brother of a long time, 30 years or better, my God, hallelujah. How are you doing today? I am super blessed and I praise God for being able to just be here Amen. be part of this broadcast. Amen. I praise God for you. And I, I know you've been sick and we don't have time. Man, we could do, I tell you what, I'm I'm probably going to want to come back maybe two, three, four months from now. Let's do an uh, uh, interview or two on uh, you dealing with your illness because we have a lot of people who would benefit from your testimony. Can we do that? Amen. 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 And and Bishop Whitaker is the uh, founding pastor of Zion Christian Church here in Okinawa, Japan. As I say, we've been friends for nearly 30 years and, and he's been carrying on longer uh, than that. So tell me real briefly, what, what brought you to Okinawa and how long have you been here? Well, I first came to Okinawa in the United States Air Force back in 1976. I was just 19 years old, just turning 19 years old. Had no idea that I'd come to Okinawa, Japan and fall in love with not only the Japanese people, but I fell in love with Jesus Christ <laughs> right here. I became a Christian on Okinawa. I really thought um, believing God and reading the Bible here. I was brought up in a very religious home, but I didn't have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And once this was developed in me and I saw the people around me, I thought realizing that the gospel meant that I ought to preach Jesus wherever I Happened to be. Yeah. And since I was in Japan, I started sharing my faith with the fellow Japanese here and then people that was in the military here. Next thing I knew, God had called me to come back here 
and work as a missionary. So I've actually been a missionary here in Okinawa, Japan since getting out of the military in 1979. I came back over here in 1981. Been here working ever since, 1981. Wow. Wow. My God, 1981. So you've been working in the ministry, doing the Lord's work here on Okinawa, Japan, longer than I've been married. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I've been married 38 years next month. Next month, my wife and I celebrate our 30th anniversary. My God, my God. Man, that's a testimony in and of itself, and I think people need to hear that. Well, I got uh, you about five years. Yeah. <laughs> I've been married to my lovely wife, uh, the only one I have, the only one I ever plan to have. Her name is Gloria Whitaker. She is an educator. Yeah. Uh, has her doctorate in education. I've been married to her since 1977. So we have 43 years in Wow. Canada. My God. Praise God. I want to clap my hands for that. Hallelujah, God. And listen, and, and, and by way of introducing you, one thing that I want to uh, do is I want to speak very briefly about your wife, uh, Sister Gloria. Fantastic. Great woman of God. Great woman of God. Amen. And I'm glad you brought her up because I wanted to make mention. You know, a lot of people make... Uh, uh, they use what they see in Hollywood as the standard for love. Everyone has their fantasy for the standard of lo a loving marriage, whatever the case may be. But myself, me personally, when I look for uh, 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 a, a prototypical loving married couple, I look at how they operate as a team and how long they have operated as a team. So in that regard, you know, I'm glad to tell the world that uh, I esteem your marriage with your wife, Gloria. I, I esteem you extremely highly because I have seen the two of you work as a team. Man. I know how you flow with one another. I, I know when, I've, I've, I've watched you all long enough to know when, when Sister Gloria gives you that eye, I know when you're going to move. <laughs> Amen. 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 So that, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful story. It's just a beautiful story. And now, and I do want to talk about the school here, uh, and, and we can get into that. You've been pastoring the church, and uh, shortly after you started the church, you started a Christian school. Yes. Now, where did that idea, where did that vision come from? What was the genesis of the vision for the school? Well, uh, when I came to Okinawa, Japan, I came basically to work as a missionary, working among the United States military and the Okinawan community. Uh, we had no kids at the time. My wife and I, we were uh, just young married, four years into our marriage. We decided that we would like to have children. So God blessed us with a beautiful baby girl. Uh, and uh, four years later, he blessed us with a beautiful baby boy. Mm. So now we had two children. I had been in the ministry for, for all, uh, since 1986. I had been in the ministry for five years. But I had no real knowledge of the fact that uh, now that I had kids and they were growing, that I would need to have a place to educate them. I mean, mm. you would think that all this stuff would just automatically come to you. <laughs> but for those listening to me, when you first get married, you know, they have that saying, first come love, then come marriage, then come the baby carriage. Well, everything <laughs> just keeps extending from that point. Babies mean education. Education means school. And so as we began to grow, uh, God laid on my heart that I needed to educate my children in the way of the Lord. I mm. needed to educate them 
uh, to be good citizens, but also to know the things that they need to know in terms to make it in this world. In wow. this world is a world that is governed by the Greek philosophy of knowledge. Mm-hmm. The more you know, the more you see how the more you're going to be able to accomplish, the more your future is going to be bright and so forth. So I saw real quickly a need to start a Christian school for my own two kids. Yeah. That's how the idea came about, to educate my daughter Jamie and my son Joshua, both of which have become phenomenally uh, successful young people in their own right. My daughter Jamie is a graduate of Georgetown University, has a doctorate degree in law, and my son Josh is a graduate from Liberty University, finishing his master's degree in uh, public administration, wow. and also working with me here in the ministry full time. Wow. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Let, let's stick with that for just a moment. So, And that was the genesis of Zion Christian Academy. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and your son and daughter went here from day one. Yes. Okay. And so tell me about uh, uh, your daughter's experience first. And she went here from kindergarten through graduating high school. Tell me how that worked because you... You did this in a foreign country. This wasn't downtown America. You did this in a foreign country. And I'd like to get into that part of it. My goodness, there's so much to cover here. But just just talk to us about Jamie's experience. And I, I remember Jamie, too. Amen. Talk to us about Jamie's experience. Amen. Well, one thing that uh, happened between 1981, when I came back to Okinawa, Japan, in 1989... I realized I needed more education myself. Mm. So I went on a sabbatical for a year and a half and went to Columbia, South Carolina, and went to Columbia Bible School and Seminary. While I was in Columbia Bible College and Seminary, I decided that I would get a master's degree in Bible and theology, but also in TEFL, teaching English as a second language. I didn't know that a TEFL degree meant that I would have to have a master's degree in English. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, come on, can you see a black man get a master's degree in English from South Carolina? In 19, <laughs> 1979 and 1980, that was unheard of. But I went to school and I got my master's degree in English. And so when I came back to Okinawa, Japan, I asked the Lord, how could I best use this master's degree in English? Mm. And so one of the things that came about was I could start English programs with the Japanese. And which I did, I started many English programs in Japanese, and lo and behold, many of the young people coming were just little kids, mm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Their parents wanted me to teach them English. So the idea of starting a school to teach these kids, along with my kids, was just a natural fit. God mm-hmm. just brought it all together, start a school, now that I could teach English, I could teach English, I could teach math, I could teach science, reading, writing, the arithmetic. It all became a part of the same process. Mm. And what was hard was getting it registered and get it recognized by the Japanese mm. to get a license. That was what was difficult because it had never been done before, before we tried to do it. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. But, and off on another tangent, I don't mean to go down a rabbit trail here, but it's amazing how God can inspire things, but you still have some work to do. Oh, yes. God can inspire it, give you a vision, but you still have to put in the labor, uh, uh, the sweat equity in it 
That that's amazing. That is amazing. And and Jamie, she graduated here. What year did Jamie graduate? She graduated in tenth uh, two thousand. She was our second actual wow. person to graduate from high school with a high school diploma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that high school diploma was recognized in the United States as well as Japan. Yes, it was. All right. We were able to uh, associate with a, and I'm not endorsing this particular school any more than another. But we were able to associate with Pensacola uh, Bible School, uh, mm-hmm. a Becca Book Academy. And so we used the Becca Book Academy program. Mm-hmm. It was a video program. And as long as we used the Becca Book curriculum, it was accredited through the state of Florida. And so all of our students were able to use the Becca Book accreditation to go right into any school or college oh, wow. that they wanted to go into. Great. Awesome. Awesome. And so you were doing video classes way back then. And, and that was 30 years ago. And I was, uh, I happened to be talking to my son in the States on this morning, and I told him that I was going to be interviewing you. And we talked about my sons who went to school here for, for a span. And uh, we said, man, now everybody's doing virtual. And you guys did virtual way back then. Man, man, yeah. Long before You were Zoom. doing the video way back then. <laughs> and so it can work. It can work. Now, when Jamie graduated, and, and I, want, I want people to know, I want people to know as we get into this that this is not a fly-by-night program. No. We've already discovered you've been doing this better than 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're you registered, you're accepted in the United States as well as Japan. Uh, you're turning out students. You're working with a, a regionally accredited you, uh, university in the United States of America. You have a registered accredited program. And so I, I'm making the case here. I'm saying to you all that this is not some fly-by-night stuff. This is serious. This this man of God is doing the real thing here. This is the real deal. And just to further solidify that, tell, tell us what happened with Jamie once she graduated. Well, my daughter Jamie... Uh, and I'm not saying she's like a difficult student. Uh, <laughs> by the way, we've had nearly 4,000 students to go through our academy since 1993, when we started. We had over 4,000 students in colleges and universities all over the United States. We have a young man right now, a young Japanese man in Harvard. He's studying theology at Harvard right now. And we have uh, young people at the University of, uh, of uh, Tokyo uh, we have kids studying at Abilene Christian College, Biola uh, University. We have kids studying at Oral Roberts University. You name it. We have kids studying at college universities all over the United States and in Europe and in wow. Australia and in Japan. And they all have a degree from Zion Christian Academy right here in Okinawa, wait, Japan. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to make sure I heard that right. Did you just say it? A Japanese young man graduated from Zion Christian Academy. On the school he ever attended. And is attending Harvard University. Yes, indeed. Right now. Let's go back to my daughter Jamie getting about getting into getting into <laughs> I, I, I wish you all could see my mouth open because you may not understand the gravity or you may not comprehend what a heavy statement that is. A Japanese young man whom the only school he's ever attended is Zion Christian Academy and he has graduated and is attending Harvard University. 
we we'll find some time to unpack that. Let let's continue to talk about Jamie. We We're have, gonna unpack that though. Let, let's get back to Jamie because we have students also in uh, in uh, Columbia in New York City right now. Uh, we have kids that are in Duke University. God is really blessed to have kids going to all kinds of universities wow. and schools. But the way my daughter got into Georgetown was simple. She simply began to study while she was in our school. Uh, she began to study for the LSAT, the, uh, the test that gets you into law school. Mm -hmm. So she was a 12th grader, but she was already preparing to go to law school. She finished our school, and she got a full scholarship to Biola University in California. This is full scholarship, mm. full ride, books and everything included. While she was at Biola University, it just happened to be the same time that Condoleezza Rice was Secretary of State. And Condoleezza Rice had made possible about 30 scholarships for deserving kids to go to Georgetown University. My daughter applied for one of those scholarships. She got the scholarship. And so she was able to attend Georgetown University on scholarship. Uh, she went to Georgetown. She was there the entire time, four years at Biola, five years at Georgetown. And um, I had the privilege, my wife and I, in 2007, of going back to the United States, going to Washington, D.C., and actually being there at Georgetown when she got her uh, doctor's degree in law. And wow. I remember running down to the front, <laughs> and I literally took the degree out of her hand and held it up in the air, and I was screaming, praise you, Jesus, as we walked down wow. together. I was so excited because she was the first Whitaker. She was the first Whitaker uh, in my family tree, the first one to get her doctor's degree. And I just thank God for that. Uh, she broke the mold, and uh, wow. I can say now... Uh, I have an honorary doctorate. Uh -huh. My wife is almost, she's working on her final papers to get her doctorate in education right now. But my daughter, Jamie, was the first to do that. Wow. And she graduated from the school that her mom and dad started. Yeah. That, wow. That's the thing. God can do anything now, if you just allow him to. Oh, my God. Now, we got to unpack that. So, Zion Christian Academy, this registered school started by a missionary preacher yes in japan okinawa japan that's the only school your daughter jamie has ever attended ever attended she graduated there basically 12 years of virtual schooling she graduated and was prepared well enough to be offered and accept a full-ride scholarship to Biola University. Yeah. Did I get all that right? Got it right. My God. Uh, and not only that. Well, let's correct the one thing. Uh -huh. that from kindergarten through sixth grade, uh -huh. we actually have school teachers. Okay. So we have certified school teachers teaching those classes from okay. kindergarten through sixth grade. Starting in the seventh grade, seventh grade through high school, we use video assist. Okay. Okay. Not only do we work with the uh, Becca Book Program, but Liberty University also has a program wow. that we work with. So the kids can get a credit degree from uh, Biola University, uh, a credit degree from uh, Becca Christian Academy or from Liberty Bible School, Liberty Academy. In Lynchburg, Virginia. Wow. We have two programs to work with. So it depends on what the child wants to do in terms mm -hmm. of uh, what schools they're planning on going to. And if they're going to be going into Christian education, it is guaranteed those two schools will accept the child from our school yeah. simply because they finished their 
preschool program, right. that school program. So they automatically go to those two colleges without question. All they right. have to do is just apply. Wow, wow, that's awesome. And then Jamie went on to Georgetown University. University. Yeah. Law school at Georgetown University. You have kids who are attending top prep schools in the United States of America who are not prepared for that undertaking. And, and folks, I'm, I'm unpacking this the way that I am because of some things that I'm going to say to you later. And one of the things that I'm going to say to you is that if you do not consider Christian education for your child, you're doing your child a disservice. Amen. And so th th there's no need to enter the argument about the worth, the value of it, accredited, yada, yada, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but when you look at public education compared to Christian education and seeing all of these kids who are coming out of Zion Christian Academy, and, and I'm not saying that Zion Christian Academy is the only worthwhile school in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, I'm building the case to say to you that if you do not consider Christian education for your child, you're doing your child a disservice. At least give it serious consideration. I'm saying to you that much. Am I on to anything there, Bishop Whitaker? Amen. I think the only reason that our students can survive at these non-Christian schools and colleges is because we give them an underlying foundation. Now hear me that there is truth in this world, mm -hmm. that there are values and that there are standards that need to be kept. Now you cannot get that from a non-Christian environment. Because mm -hmm. everything is relative in a non-Christian environment. But when you're raised with a set of standards that do not change, that tells you that you are of value because God created you, that tells you that other people are of value because God created them, that tells you that everyone in the world is loved and, 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 and that is appreciated by God. And once you have that understanding that you are just one person, that God put into this world to make a difference in the lives of others. Now you're ready to be of service. Mm -hmm. Now you are ready to go out and to interact with this world and to be of service to this world. It's not what you can get out of this world as much as what you can contribute. That's the difference that we're trying to put into the lives of young people. Mm. It's not what you can get out of this world, but that you were created by God to contribute to this world. And when that philosophy becomes part of who you are, then nothing by any means is going to be able to stop you mm -hmm. from accomplishing something. It's wow. not a victimization mentality. Oh. It's a victor's mentality. It's not that I can't mentality. It's an I can mentality. Yeah. And that's what we want to instill in children from a very young age. By the way, let me just say this, because Dr. Hodges, your, Dr. Hodges, your case was here. We tell every child from four years old up to call every young lady a ma'am mm. and call every young gentleman a sir. Mm. And you say, what difference did that make? It goes back to the very beginning of the educational system. Mm -hmm. If we go back and look at our educational system, when children were, 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 were privileged enough to go to these these high society schools and colleges, they were called ma'ams and sirs. Mm -hmm. 
We put our kids in public schools. We put our kids in schools where don't even respect us enough to call us a man or a sir. Mm-hmm. And we expect our kids to go out and function in society where one of the first things come out of their mouth is when they're applying for application is, yes, sir, mm-hmm. and yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to understand why. So we teach them from a child that they're of great value. Mm-hmm. That they ought to respect people and they respect one another and respect God. That goes a long way in the shame and the philosophy that a child will have the rest of their life. And I might add one more thing, being a little bit educated myself, that by the time a child is six years old, 50% of everything that child will ever learn, they already know. Mm-hmm. So if they don't know that they're a little boy, a little girl, a ma'am, or a woman, or a sir, Mm. or him, by the time they're six years old, you've already done your child a disservice. Wow. Because the world will tell them that they're it. Mm. The world will tell them that they have no value. Mm. So we have a responsibility. I, as a parent, have a responsibility to teach that to my children. Then the Lord laid it on my heart and my wife's heart. After nearly 30 years now, 27 years mm-hmm. with Zion, after nearly 30 years, he laid down our hearts to keep teaching that, to keep teaching that mm-hmm. to young people. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. You know, you, you said some heavy stuff there, Bishop Whitaker, and not only do they not teach the children to address adults as sir or ma'am, but you have educators who are telling the children, don't call me sir or ma'am. Yes. Do not address me as sir or ma'am. Yes. Call me by my first name. And boy, I tell you, you probably came up in an age similar to mine. That was, you address every adult as sir or ma'am. Yes. And to do otherwise was to nearly sign your death warrant, <laughs> nearly commit suicide, you know. And, and man, just that respect for authority, how far would that get us in this world? Just the respect for authority. This is, this is awesome. What an awesome testimony this is. I am truly enjoying this. I'm definitely going to have to have you back next week. Please, will you, will you just agree to come back with Amen. me next week? We'll be here. And, and then uh, a couple of two, three, four months down the road, we're going to get back and do some more with you also because your, your life is just, uh, uh, people should know about this. Because we have a lot of people, and man, I love hearing you talk about developing and instilling, instituting that can-do attitude. We have a lot of people who are expecting and actually doing nothing, waiting on the government to do things for them. When a part of their education should be, I can affect my environment. I can make things happen in my environment, in my world. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to accomplish here at Zion Christian Academy. You know, and so I, I definitely appreciate that. And what a what a joy it is to hear about Jamie's. And and I would uh, I guess how is Jamie doing now? She is doing fantastic. Um, she's always been very special, being my daughter. But uh, she's married, uh, and she's married a young Caucasian man. So for those who wonder or not, this has got anything to do with being uh, an African American. My daughter, and my son, my son married a mixture of an Arab and an American black lady. <laughs> but my whole family, we're color, we're colorblind. We see opportunities. We see people as people. So my daughter married this young mm-hmm. Caucasian man. He is a chaplain, uh, head chaplain in a hospital uh, wow. right now. He's a head Christian chaplain in a hospital. My daughter is working right now for one of the biggest companies in the United States. After getting tenure and being vice dean of Biola University for three years. She went into the business world. 
So now she's working with one of the biggest uh, oh my God. companies in the United States of America. My God, my God. Man, that, that's just an awesome testimony. Man, I love that. I'm going to remember that, too. Uh, uh, when it comes to color, uh, let's see opportunity. Mm -hmm. Amen. Instead of demanding that everything goes the way that we're used to it, when things appear to be differently, that's an opportunity and not a reason to fear. Amen. And I believe that's the whole thing feeding this, what I call this phantom of racism, fear. Fear, I call it a phantom because I know good and well the devil is deceiving us into it's believing that we have to fear people because they look different from us. You know, oh my goodness, that, that'll open <laughs> up a whole nother door. That will open up a whole nother door. Listen, I'm just about out of time here. Uh, man, I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Uh, we're, we're about out of time here. We're going to have to get on the road. But I have enjoyed so much talking to my good friend and and the founding pastor of Zion Christian Academy and Zion Christian Church right here on the island of Okinawa, Japan. Amen. He's been here for 30-something years now. And I, I, I want to conclude this episode by reminding you again. I want to remind you once again, if you don't at least give serious consideration to Christian education for your child, you are doing your child a, a disservice. You have to consider it. And next week, we're going to talk about the liberalism that goes on in public education in the United States of America. So come on back and join us. But listen, I'm all out of time here. I've got to get going. But I thank you for joining us this week on Marriage and Family Clinic. We're going to be back next week. And Bishop Whitaker has agreed to be with us. So you come on back. And until then, remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.